Purse here. Thanks for listening to all of those of you in discovery, recovery, just learning, or somewhere in between. And um, a little bit about me. Uh, diabetes runs in my family, and so does breast cancer. And I'm told a lot about the diabetes um, because a lot of my family members want me to make better nutritional and eating choices so that I either mitigate or reduce or abolish the chance of me developing um, diabetes. And I also learn about nutrition and I hear about breast cancer a lot um, because six women in my family, around six might be about more or less, but six is the number that's coming to mind, especially with the people that I'm thinking of, um, have or have had breast cancer or had breast cancer, they may not be with us now, and that's between my immediate and extended family. Um, and I've, I'm told about this a lot because I'm constantly told to get tested for A, either the gene or to get regular checkups early on because I'm at higher risk. Um, and I have quite a few friends like this who know about their family's physical medical history and why do families share physical medical history um, so that the next generation isn't caught off guard, so that they know what may or may not be coming, so that they can look out and they can catch anything if something happens early so that they don't need to go through extensive chemotherapy appointments or surgeries or take more pills than they have to because they were ill-prepared for something that has been running through the family um, since it was first diagnosed and something that people know about. It's usually not a secret, physical ailments. Um, and it's better to know not to know. Take, for example, Huntington's disease. It doesn't run in my family. Um, but that can have real life implications that can change how you plan on living your life for the entirety of your life. That can change your decision on having children versus not having children. Certain medical issues carry more weight than others, depending on what lifestyle you want to live and how the severity and how likely it is for you to get it. And that's important to notice. Another thing that I know is that depression runs in my family schizophrenia um there have been family a family mem members slash family members who've had schizophrenia and those are things that i need to look out for um and depression is something that i deal with um i don't see or hear things that other people don't see or hear frequently or really very often but there are a few isolated times when i've heard things um heard things very clearly um that was an auditory hallucination and not someone else in the room assuming there's other people in the room and sometimes when there are other people in the room at all also senses of paranoia those things i'm really conscious about sometimes a little too conscious to the point where you make yourself paranoid because you're too conscious about it so that's also a risk as well not a risk but something to consider don't be so worried to the point where you make yourself sick but um i'm aware of the possibility of hallucinating either auditory or visual hallucinations and also increasing feelings of paranoia and when it's okay to feel fearful and anxious and when it's not because it could be signs of um, schizophrenia or anything else really um, and it's important to know these things are in the family what's unfortunate is that not everyone knows what's running through their family and not not a lot of people at all know about the mental illnesses that run through their family and the thing is everyone's an individual but there's a lot of chemical processes 
and genetic variations that go into making you the you that you are. And there's so many thing, neurons firing and chemicals going through your body and genes mutating and changing that it's almost ridiculous to think that it should always be really efficient all of the time. Now we talk about in the what is mental health versus physical health, you know the difference, but the thing is it's all health and it's all contingent on how your body decides to respond to what it is that it's doing and it'd be nice if it all works properly but sometimes it doesn't and that's why today we're going to talk about why knowing your family's mental health history is really really important because then you can have just like how I am on the lookout for lumps in my breasts much earlier than a lot of other women I'm also conscious of the fact that my brain can start playing tricks on me and things that I might think are I'm experiencing that are normal might not be normal at all and I need to know that so that I don't get fall into a trap of thinking things are normal when they're not and causing problems for myself um that's really important now not any everyone if not a lot of families talk about mental illness that runs through the family um but it's really important to talk about it because most, many, if not all, mental disorders are caused by a combo combination of biological, environmental, psychological, and genetic factors. I did some research for this, um, like minimal research, but I'm not a doctor, so take what I say, do your own research, and then go ask a doctor. I'm just trying to add something to the conversation. So, are caused by a bunch of different factors. So, sometimes mental health issues stem from just a stressful traumatic environment sometimes you have a great life but your genes are like mm -hmm. a depression would be fun and it could be anything in between and a combination of all of those things um mental illnesses some are more likely to be inherited by others some of them can be inherited for quite a few of them you have a greater chance of um having it depending on whether someone in your immediate or extended family has had that illness or disorder too so keep that in mind that's why it's really important to know your mental health history and it's really important to get information from your family there are people research on genome markers or whatever and like genetic testers testing is becoming more robust and um, better but it's not perfect and the last or not the last thing that you want but the more first-hand information you get from actual family members the better chance you have at finding out your likelihood for mental illness or mental health issues and the severity because we're not at a point yet where there's any real clear marker that this gene makes this and that gene makes that there are, there are theories which is a start but it's not of widespread medical practice it's not like getting tested for cancer and there's the cancer and let's let's work for it let's work through it you need to have a good if not at least some working understanding of your family's medical history especially mental health history um in my opinion and in the opinion of the articles that i read which were all um well peer-reviewed um articles posted by organizations and like health centers and hospitals and whatnot um that having like a first-hand explanation of family history by family is probably better than getting 
gene test by spitting into a tube and sending it to a private company that is for profit Pro profit like province for profit um alrighty so how do you find out your mental health history then if you can't just spit into a tube and get your answers that way well you gotta ask and there are certain expectations that you should have depending on your family which is makes sense um depending on how conservative your family is how open your family is and depending on what things your family is open about your family might talk up and down about physical illness but the moment you say mental illness they get real real quiet and your family might tell you everything about everyone's history in such detail that you don't even want to hear about it um and anything in between uh so it can be really difficult um one thing that i would suggest is not to ask while you're running out of the door to your appointment like 10 minutes before your appointment like by the way mom i'm going to a psychotherapist and i just called you because i need to know our whole family mental health history that's probably not going to be helpful and you're not going to get the results that you want um make time to sit down with someone or a bunch of people or sit down with different people in your family at different times and let them tell stories i'm not going to say you know manipulate them into revealing either their own information or the information of family members but depending on the approach you need to take you might need more time it would be nice if everyone's family and it's nice if you have a family where you can sit down and say grandma i know uncle what's his face and i know uncle dan had schizophrenia or bipolar 2 or whatever you know tell me tell me what it was like before he knew and after he knew and you know when he was up when he was down when he was able to go up and say you know uncle dan I know you have this thing what's it like ask some questions or you don't even need to know what it's like because you can research that for yourself you can ask cycle you can ask your therapist yourself what you, what you do is just say hey grandma i know uncle dan has some issues what issues does he have or uncle dan i know you have some issues what issues do you have and if you have a family that will sit you down and say well i have gets a type of blah 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 give you a laundry list give you you know their medications and send you off and you do your own research that is awesome but not everyone has that. So sometimes you do need to say it in a roundabout way and you don't need to be hiding, you know, what you're doing, but sometimes you can't be so blunt with it. You can go up and say, you know, grandma or uncle Dan or mom or dad or whatnot, mama number one, mom number two, I don't know. Um, just look and say, you know, I'm doing a school project or I'm going to see a therapist for the first time or I'm doing something where I'm just looking at our family medical history. You can even start by asking about physical ailment, ailments before you ask about mental ailment, ailments. Just don't spend so much time talking about physical ailment, ailments that they need to get on with their day and then you don't have time to ask the questions you wanna ask. But you can start by asking, you know, was anyone in our family seem kind of off? Or did they not quite seem quite right? Or, you know, how come, if there's like a family member that's kind of like the black sheep and you only hear about them like in third person in past tense, but you know they're alive or maybe they died and no one really talks about them and you say, you know, you always talk about like Aunt Janie a lot, but like not really. Like, was she okay? Was she quite out? Like, what's up with that? Because um, sometimes things can be hidden in families either because people are angry or people are ashamed or they're not educated and they don't understand what happened they don't want to think about it because they don't understand what happened they don't have answers people like to have answers um 
And that's really important to remember that not all standoffish responses, especially on topics like this, have to do with you. Sometimes there's a lot of residual pain or anger or hurt that comes with these topics, especially if the person in question took their own lives or people around, you know, took their own lives. So keep that in mind. Um, and that's why things can be hidden. And especially when it comes to, you know, taking a life, people can be wary or they can be tired or they could have buried it um, because that's how they're dealing, whether that's healthy or un whether that's a healthy or unhealthy way to cope. And there's a fine line that you need to tread, and it's hard to know, between asking, especially asking information that's rightfully yours to know, um, but also not pushing family members to the point where, you know, they're very upset or very uncomfortable. Um, and always remember that some information is better than no information at all. So if you just get, you know, oh, your aunt was schizophrenic and then it's snippy and it stops and you're like, well, what happened? And they're like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, at least you have that piece of information um, and you can move forward with, with that. Uh, you don't, it'd be nice if you could have a full account of what happened and how it went down and how did she act and what were the signs and what weren't the signs, but that's not always a luxury that's afforded to people, especially with families that are either, um, that are either still grieving or that want to put it past them and they don't want to think about it. Some families are afraid. Um, some families have seen things that are or have been through things with individuals who are mentally ill that were scary or really stressful or again they didn't understand and they don't want to go through that again so they don't want to think about it they don't want to think that it'll happen again or they feel like they're responsible or they feel like it's their fault and they just don't want to face those realities um and people asking you know them like could i have this should i have this should i get tested or should i go see someone makes them really really uncomfortable because it brings back those feelings of uncertainty uncertainty and fear and feeling like they did something wrong or feeling feeling like they weren't good enough and um that's really sad but it's also a reality which is sad um so be wary of you know hidden cases of suicide and be wary of you know why someone wants to talk or why someone might not want to talk um and even if it's not that intense be aware that you know sometimes things can get really really intense um when it comes to dealing with someone who have who has a mental health issue and that can be traumatizing for the caretakers and they might not want to bring up those memories either and always remember some info any information is better than no information so always be compassionate always be open always be ready to listen but respect when people are ready to stop um and don't a good practice is that if there is a family member in the family that you know has a mental health issue or has answers that you want to ask but you're a little afraid to ask them or they're not your first choice don't start talking about your family members behind their back with like other family members like again if your uncle dan is high functioning or remembers things um but 
I don't know, is always busy and lives in a different country and you don't want to ask about his number, you don't want to bother him, it's probably not the best idea to call up your grandma and say, like, tell me everything about his life, because if he finds out about it, he might be a little salty. Um, another thing, if family members don't remember, you know, like, say, you're, again, your grandma knew everything and your parents don't know anything and your aunts and uncles, you either don't talk to them or if they don't know anything at all or the one person who had an issue was very hush-hush and you, no one has contact with them or they died, um... If your grandparents have Alzheimer's or dementia and also can't remember things, um, it might be useful to go through old things in the attic, you know? Um, as long as you're not infringing on, I guess, the privacy of anyone who's alive or anyone that you can otherwise contact, you know, if you find a journal um, from the person who is no longer within your family, no longer alive, and they have all kinds of explanations of what they're going through and what they're feeling, it might be a great resource, even if there isn't a diagnosis in there, to bring to your psychologist, to bring to your psychiatrist and say, hey, I found this. Do you think you could read this and try and decipher, you know, what it was that they could have been feeling and um, what it was that could have been plaguing them or and could I have that, you know? If you find a diary from a secondhand person of a brother or sister saying, you know, I don't like living like this. This person's always down and depressed and then they're flying off the walls thinking they have like the best ideas and they have the next get rich quick scheme and all these things again you can bring that journal bring those bring that evidence and say i'm not sure what this all means there's not a diagnosis in here but it sounds like some real stuff went on and i was wondering if you can read this and let me know um if something was off if you could diagnose just based on this or give me a ballpark or we can work with something um so that's really important. Also, allow for storytelling. Some families might be really, really methodical. One, some families might tell you one thing and then shut down and say, you know, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Some families might just give you a laundry list and say, these are the medications. This is what happened. Take this as you will. Some families are going to want to tell you stories and you're going to have to sit there for hours and hours, depending on the person, and listen to the time that they thought that they could save the world and the time that they thought they could fly and they broke their bones from jumping out of a tree and the time that, you know, they locked themselves in a bathroom and they had to call the fire department and all these different things. Um, and don't be annoyed because um, the stories might have humor in them. The stories might be sad. And especially if your family is more of a story side, as someone who had a grandpa who told stories that may or may not have been true um that i didn't take for granted i actually liked listening to his stories and then he died and he died um when i was quite young so i don't remember all of them but at the time i did appreciate his stories and i did like listening to them um enjoy that you know don't just sit there and listen for the the buzzwords you know of like really high all the time then really low or you know heard things or hallucinated things Take in the whole story. This is just me telling you, like, life advice. Like, listen to the story of your elders, because they're not going to be around a lot, especially if you really like them, um, like the person, or like the stories, because um, you're not going to hear them told exactly like that forever. So that's just my little, like, personal tidbit. Um, next, 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 next. If your family is standoffish but not because of some great tragedy just because they're being uncooperative know your facts know why you want the information that you want if they look at you and they say why are you asking all these questions why do you care like you know like we don't talk about these things why are you bothering us look at them and honestly say you know 
I'm doing this for my health. I'm doing, I don't know, a mental health background check, or I'm going to therapy, or I'm starting this, or, you know, you told me about our history of heart disease, but you're not going to tell me about our history of mental illness. Have points on why it's important for you to know these things, especially if you know your family is being more difficult than they are being guarded, you know? Um, and be, again, be reasonable. Be firm if you need the information, but be reasonable. If you come, if it comes out that your family isn't actually being terrible people and they just feel wary about rehashing all these intense things from the past, then accept that and try and find a compromise so that you can get what you need and they can not relive something that's super, super painful. Um, I talked about genetic, te genetic testing. One thing that you can start is a family directory so that further generations don't need to go through the whole process of interviewing for, you know, to waste time for no reason. If um, you just on your own start a family directory of like mental health and mental illness. Um, one website that I found in my researches, again, I haven't used this website. I literally found it like less than an, or maybe a little over an hour ago. Um, so do your own research vet it yourself this is like a free just kind of like shout out um it's my family health portrait it's a resource um my family health portrait and um basically it's and it's familyhistory.hhs.gov it's an american thing but i assume anyone can put their information in you put in your personal information and you go to the um next screen and I, I haven't clicked the next screen because I have been too lazy to put in my personal information but you go to the next screen actually I'll just put in random info and then you can see what the next screen looks like give me a quick second I just got like a little quiet all right it forces you to do more stuff well um I'm literally just like clicking random things to try and um, speed up the process. Okay, so then you add family members and you put in like how many family members, like how many brothers, sisters, daughters, um, and aunts and uncles and whatnot. And then for each of these people, I suppose you just put their relationship to you, whether they're still living or not, their own history. Um, and you can check your risks and it's actually pretty cool. And apparently it doesn't get stored in a database. Again, research this yourself. I literally just heard, of, heard about this like less than two hours ago but apparently it doesn't store your information so like the government can't get it and you just like download it and print it and then there's your family history and you could like laminate it and create different copies and i don't know create like a whole family account so that like everyone can access it and put in their own information i suppose i don't really know how that would work um but then you have a family directory so that later generations don't need to interview family members and waste time or even worse, they're not stuck where, you know, the family members who knew all the business are dead and now they have no way of like finding out the information that they need to find out. Um, what do you do once you have all this family, mental health family history? Well, what do you do when you have all your family um, physical health history? If there's nothing to be worried about and you're not personally worried, for example, um, if you might think you have a lump in your breast and eight females within your extended or immediate family have been touched with breast cancer somehow in some way, you probably want to get that checked out. 
if you have no inclination that you have a lump in your breast or anything and you're just talking to your mom or your grandma and you find out that breast cancer isn't really prominent in your family then you probably don't need to worry about anything same thing for mental health if you're or conversely if you have a lump and you find out that no one in your family has been touched with breast cancer but you think you have a lump you should probably still get that checked out because you could be different same thing if you feel like you're seeing and hearing things that aren't actually there and then you find out there's schizophrenia or dementia in your family you should probably go check it out um if you're not worried about your mental health you don't hear anything don't worry about it if you're still worried but there's no no family history still check it out because you could be the exception and not the rule so what can you do well you can go to your general practitioner you can go to your regular physical doctor they might just try and prescribe you medication and push you along though so be careful especially if you're not sure what you're dealing with just taking pills and not understanding why um they might refer you to see someone who specializes in the brain if they don't you can ask them to depending on your insurance levels we've talked about resources and mental health on this podcast before but um you can find a practitioner yourself depending on where you live and whether there's a national health service or a universal health care either provincially federally um state-wise depending on your political systems you might be able to go get a free assessment at some health clinic even if you can't get prolonged treatment there's a couple options um but the best thing about having a mental health family history is that just because you hear that someone had some form of bipolar disorder or they had schizophrenia or depression runs in your family or people hallucinate or people have paranoia or panic disorders doesn't mean that you're going to get it and doesn't mean that you need to run to the doctor and say assess me make sure that i'm not crazy you know but the thing is when you feel like something's wrong you'll be better equipped to advocate for yourself and to push for certain things you know um you'll be so much better equipped and you will also feel safe knowing that okay i can't get an appointment for the next couple weeks but this runs in my family this runs in my family this runs in my family it might not be any of these things but there's a high chance that it might be so let me look these up you have a starting point you know don't dwell too much on it don't let it take over your life but again knowing something is better than knowing nothing at all because then you can utilize that information and always i always always advocate for self-advocation now don't be the annoying patient actually i don't want to say this because there have been a lot of times when patients didn't self-advocate and there were better treatments and better things that they looked up but they were afraid to say something and then they were put in a place of disadvantage or their illness progressed or whatnot but i wouldn't say go on to webmd and diagnose yourself with everything under the sun and walk into your doctor's office and say prozac diazepam this milligrams this this right now unless you're a doctor yourself you know and even then don't diagnose yourself i don't th- i don't know you're the doctor i'm not the doctor but be informed and get a second opinion but also don't think that internet research is going to make up for the 14 years of medical practice that you never had if that makes sense um research to make yourself feel better and to have an understanding don't make yourself crazy about it and don't think that you're now a doctor um but also self-advocate when people when things honestly don't feel right you know and it, it you hear it a lot with like physical ailments people have cancer and they go 
because they think something's weird and they go to check it out and the doctor says no no it's fine and they don't and they feel like something's off but they never say anything then they go to a doctor about a year later and the new doctor for some reason maybe they're old maybe they switch practitioners maybe their old doctor was sick that day and the new doctor comes in and says whoa you have an issue and then that's a year of radiation and chemo that's been lost and the cancer's progressed significantly you know there's so many cases of doctors misdiagnosing or being wrong or not listening and taking patients at face value and that's a problem um so if you think something's right for you i mean i wouldn't necessarily push medications on myself but if you think a certain assessment's right for you or a certain kind of tests you know to just make sure and your practitioner mental health practitioner psychological practitioner general practitioner healthcare, whatever is saying no 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 listen to me or you know my way or the highway um equip yourself with facts and even if you don't know in that moment don't feel defeated go home and look it up yourself figure out your own answers accept whatever answers there maybe what credible peer-reviewed medical journals say is in line with you know what the doctor's saying i wouldn't necessarily go on like I know everything about medicine.net. However, forums can be helpful as long as you take things with a grain of salt and as long as you take things, I think, from people who have experienced it and have a reasonable history or a reasonable standing or have a reason to be believed. Like if someone literally posts and they say, I was in this situation and my doctor told me not to worry about it and then I almost died because my illness progressed so much, like my kidney shut down and blah, 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 blah. And that's exactly your situation. I would say following that person's advice and learning from their mistakes is more valuable than anything you can try and decipher yourself out of a medical journal. But also, if it's just someone that's like, yeah, my friend's mom who was a teacher's best friend's dog's boyfriend's owner you know had this thing and we think this happened and also like drink green tea and don't trust your doctor and like the cancer will go away same thing with mental illness like drink green tea green tea and the depression will go away i use a lot of physical examples when i'm talking about mental illness we're still talking about mental illness but when i use physical examples it's just because people relate to physical illnesses and physical health more i find but you know i drink tea and the depression will go away like those kinds of wishy-washy, like all-encompassing statements, like I don't have a medical degree, but I am Jesus, I would stay away from. I would say you'd have better luck with a medical journal again, a peer-reviewed article. However, if you literally come across someone who's like, yeah, this was my experience, this is what happened, I nearly died, learn from my mistakes, literally learn from their mistakes and learn what they did wrong or learn what they didn't ask about and ask about those things. Because um, they weren't posting it for no reason. So. That's me talking about why you should know your medical family history, um, how to ask, how to talk about it, how to approach it, what to do when you find out this information. Um, don't make yourself crazy is number one and live your life to the fullest. You know, if you find out this thing like Alzheimer's dementia runs in your family, oh, Alzheimer's and dementia runs in my family as well. I forgot by the way. But if you find out that runs in your family, you know, don't become so crippled that you don't live your life. If anything, live your life more vividly do so many cooler things so that you have so many more memories to hold on to before your brain starts shutting down um in my in the um what is mental health anyway or something along the lines i haven't tied with it yet audio i talk about you know 
finding better skills and learning more skills so that when your brain starts to shut down, it has more light switches to turn off before it completely goes goes blank um, when it comes to memory and personal connections and all those kinds of things. And I'm not sure if that's exactly how it works, but I would assume that the more, I mean, they do say that learning languages and learning strategic games and all these things help build up your brain and create a defense against dementia and Alzheimer's and keeping strong emotional connections as well. Loneliness is more dangerous than you'd think. Um, keeping your brain sedentary and not exercising, it's more dangerous than you'd think. Um, so I would assume that the less you work out your brain, the less light switches your brain has to go through and turn off before it completely doesn't really work anymore, aside from just keeping your body alive until that goes. Um, but the more experiences you have, the more people you meet, the, the more fulfilling things that you do in your life, your brain will have a lot more light switches to turn off before it finally goes kaput. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Just know your mental health family history. Try your best. Try your darndest. Um, thank you for listening, as always, to my my listeners in discovery, recovery, just learning, and anything in between. Um, catch me on Twitter at Pers Borderline at P E R S Borderline. My Tumblr www.personallyborderline.tumblr.com. My Instagram Pers Borderline P E R S Borderline. Pinterest, which I don't really use, is Personally Borderline, and Anchor anchor.com slash personally borderline and today's question or comment is do you know your family's mental health history do you want to know was it easy to get the information was it difficult um how did you go about getting the information what's your story did it help you in in you know early detection of your own mental health issues did it not help you at all did you find that your family had a colorful history and you have no mental illness do you find that your family has no in no history but you have multiple mental illnesses just talk about your mental health family history and how that's affected you and what advice you would have for others or what you wish you would have known you know um before it was too late maybe thank you all for listening as always i'll be here for you until the next podcast best purse